0: is ready to help you with everything you need. Today, Gloria and Kelly Copeland show how to go to the pantry of God's kingdom for your daily needs. Next on the Believer's Voice of Victory. Now, here's Gloria. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. We have a special guest, someone you know very well. Kelly's back with us today. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Mom. I'm glad to be back. We're glad you're here. I know you've got something good for us. Well, I think we had a fun week last week in the Word, just exploring Jesus being our total everything. Amen. Totally Amen. relying great. on Him. And we started with Mark, um, I'm, well, Mark 11, and I wasn't 100% sure why we were starting there, but the Lord brought out some really good things. I thought when He turned over the money tables, He was pushing away the resource that they had relied on. You know, the religious people got mad about it because they were the one making the money, and so He, they had made it a den of thieves. But Jesus said, "My, the scriptures say it should be a house of prayer." And so Jesus took the truth, pushed out the lie, took in the truth, and I think that that really became real to me last week, um, that that's what he's doing with us. He's pushing out the lie, pulling in the truth. And we have to join that effort with him. You know what that's called? That's called believing. Push out the lie. You believe the truth. I mean, you can believe the lie, but that's what you're going to pull in. And when you believe the lie, you allow the father of that lie to change your life, to affect your life. Or to continue to mess up your life because Satan is the father of all lies. So Jesus wants us to resist the lie and pull in the truth. Amen. And he wants us to be totally reliant on him. So we looked at Mark 11 and then we left off in uh, John chapter 6. And I'm kind of excited about this week because this is really gets into the meat of what I wanted us to to see about our Jesus. And maybe you've heard me say it before, I know mom's heard me say it before. J- Jesus is coming. And I don't mean just he's coming one day. We're getting so close to his coming in like in the sky in the skies as the word talks about coming to get us. But before he comes to get us, he's coming and filling us. He's, he's revealing himself. Revelation calls it the um, revealing of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ. and um, The Passion calls it the unveiling mm, of good. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And in these days that we're in, he is doing that. I mean, raise your hand on wherever you're at. Raise your hand if you're like, yeah, I've seen more of Jesus in the last year than I've seen my whole life. And i And I've I've been serving Him and loving Him and looking at Him all this time, but it's like this this desire even. The Bible says that He is working in us both the desire, well, the words, uh, King James, I think, says to will and to do, but I like the New Living says He's working in us both the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So He's working in us right now, this desire to come to Him. And so that's part of, you know, just part of our story in the next few years before he comes in the sky is to just be filled with him personally and the church as a body of Christ that his, he's filling us up. He's been revealing himself for thousands of years now, but it just seems, you know, you never notice, my dad says this, you never notice that the cup is getting full Till it gets to the top and it's about to overflow. And so this is where the body of Christ is. It's where you're starting to notice the fullness of him because it's coming to a full place. Oh and so I'm excited about that, but I'm excited too about my own individual part of being filled up with him. And one of the things that I hope to bring out this week is when we talk about seeing Jesus, when we talk about looking unto Jesus or coming in close. You know, there's, uh, the word uses, especially I think in the Passion Translation, it uses the word gaze a lot. And you could say that that word gaze is just to look until you see. Just keep looking until you see. Have you ever gazed at something? You know, people go to an art uh, art gallery and they gaze at a painting until they get it. Or maybe they don't. Some paintings, I don't think. I took mom to the modern art museum last year. Do you remember that? We went and ate and there's a beautiful modern art museum here in in town. But you know, it's not my favorite modern art. I love art, but, but you do have to, it's like you're gazing. If I turn sideways, am I going to understand what's being said here? but uh that you know we have to Jesus is not as hard as that to understand, but just keep gazing at him and keep your face mm. on him and keep your eyes on him until you really see Jesus, and you mm. see when you see Jesus, you are going to see how much he loves you, you are going to see that he wants the truth to come inside of you. You're going to see that he wants to remove any lie that's in you. Or I love the way Caroline Leaf talks about toxic thinking. He wants to remove toxic thoughts. He wants to remove (laughs) error. He wants to remove even lies that have been said to you and have made a home in your soul. He wants to move all that. Why? So that the truth can come in. Isn't (laughs) that good? junk? But how? what is that process? What is that process that you would be able to do that with Jesus? Well, the process is that He's the processor and you're the processee, which means you need to just sit down in His presence. Let the Word come in and flush stuff out. When He shows you something, don't be prideful. Just say, oh, yes, Lord, I don't like that either. I mean, He diagnosed me a few weeks ago with pride. And I was like, oh, ugh, get it out. I don't want that. I don't want that. That's like when somebody moves your stove or your washer and dryer or your refrigerator and you see all the stuff that's collected, you sure don't want anybody to see that. Let's, let's clean that up. Yeah. You know, I know people that move all that before a repair person comes 'Cause they don't want anybody to see what's collected behind their stove or their refrigerator. You know, when you see it, get it repent, get it out. And what does that do? It makes room for him to come on in deeper and begin and to continue to cleanse all that stuff out of you. Even the the Bible says, first John one nine, all unrighteousness. he's still moving it out. And that was for somebody. I wasn't planning to say all that, but I believe it was for somebody to know, set your heart this week to hear what Jesus is saying to you because he knows about your life. He loves you. Mom and I love you. We've walked through these things and we're still walking through things that he's showing us. This is not an end journey. Till the day we get to heaven, we're still going to be learning things, you know. Um, I want to be—I don't want to be in the beginner class when I get to heaven. <laughs> I want to be, you know, moving on into some heavenly things because here on earth we need to know Jesus and we need to know what He thinks about us Praise because God. that's the truth, not what you necessarily see. So, in John chapter six, just to back up just a bit. Um, he fed the thousands and he fed them off of, of, um, you know, just a little lunch, loaves and fish fed them, walked on the water. They went back over. They went back home across the lake. And, uh, it says the next day the crowds came back to where he had been and they're looking for him and they didn't see him. So they crossed over looking for Jesus. And he, they said, um, hey, when did you get here? Where'd you go? In other words, why weren't you over there? We came back to find you. And Jesus, I mean, he got right to the truth, didn't he? He did not mess around with any of the passive aggressive stuff. He just gets right to the truth with them. And he says, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs he they did not understand what he did there with feeding them they didn't understand what it meant they didn't understand what he was trying to say to them i mean he had preached to them and they didn't capture all of that but what they got out of all of that was boy that was some good food i'm going to go back for more and he says Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. The Amplified Mom says, Stop toiling and doing and producing food that perishes and decomposes in the using. You know, Matthew uh, 6 says, um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It says, Don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. Seek first which is really the same thing he's saying here to these people. Seek first the kingdom of God and all those things will be added unto you. Why? Because all those things are in the kingdom of God. That's why you have to seek first the kingdom of God because that's where all those things are. I mean, if you're home and you're hungry, you don't go look in the closet, hopefully, for food. You have to seek first the pantry, because the pantry is where all those things are. I always laugh when I think about a pantry. I wish y'all could see her pantry. My kids have loved my mother's pantry always. I, you know who else loves your pantry? Who? Creflo. Creflo. <laughs> <laughs> Creflo. loves her pantry because- yeah, he makes his stuff at home. You know there's something good in that pantry. Maybe less now. They eat a lot healthier now than they used to. But even so, people send them stuff that they don't necessarily eat, and it goes in the pantry. (laughs) And uh, you can always find something good under the pantry. One night, Creflo and Jesse, I believe it was Creflo and Jesse, they were spending the night at the house. And it was late. And I went into the kitchen, and I opened the pantry door. And there they were. <laughs> there were they like little mice that you <laughs> caught raiding yeah, the pantry. They were in the pantry finding things. Well, they didn't come looking in the laundry room. No. They, they didn't go looking in your closet. No. They didn't go looking anywhere. If you could have seen the expression on their face. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. You caught them. Mm-hmm. But they went to the pantry because in the pantry is everything good to eat. And if you're hungry, go to the pantry. Well, this is what Jesus is saying. Yeah. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear, you know, the riff over your head, all these things that he describes as perishable things like food, or uh, that you could toil, produce, do I mean, Creflo and Brother Jessly could have gotten in the car. Jerry may have been with them. (laughs) They could have gotten in the car and driven to the store to get something to eat. But it wouldn't have been nearly as good as what was right there in your pantry. All they had to do was come to the pantry. And they didn't have to work for it. But he's saying stop toiling and doing and producing food that, that perishes. If you go to a lot of Worry effort and energy effort and strength effort in yourself trying to produce those things. It's a waste, he says, when all you have to do is come to me, come to the kingdom of God. And uh, thank you for your pantry. Your, your pantry was a great, <laughs> a great object lesson today. He says, oh, let's see, the, the t- Passion Translation says, stop striving for That's these good. things. So I like that too. He says, spend your energy. Don't spend your energy striving. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life. That's not talking about, somebody might say, well, Kelly, Gloria, I still need to eat. I can't wait till heaven to eat. I can't wait till heaven to, to have my rent paid or my kids taken care of. But you're missing it. What he's saying is, all those things, they are available. Practical life, eating is available inside the eternal life. How about if you had a magic pantry that produced food? You don't even have to go to the store. I'd like to awesome. do it. It just produced food out of it. And this pantry um, would just refill itself and it would just provide for you. Well, this is what Jesus is saying. Eternal life will produce all the things that have to do with life. That doesn't mean you don't go to work and all that, but that's not your source. It's not the truth that what you do is the source of the life that you want from God. You are not your own source. Just like Jesus drove that out of the temple, this alternative source of income and life and health and joy, He wants to drive that idea out of you so that you seek first Him. Because in Him, you're going to find witty ideas and inventions. In Him, you're going to find, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. In Him, you're going to find wisdom for life. And can I just... This is is one of the ways that he's done this for me. Okay. So some years ago, single mom, having a little challenging, making some ends meet, paying all the bills. When I first started taking over the bills of the household when I became single, this was years ago. And so I just said, Lord, I need help. And I really did. I threw myself into him. I did. And, um, do you know the month I started taking over bills? My, my electric bill went from hundreds, like five, you know, three at the lowest, up to $800. You know, you have a house full of teenagers and people that never turn lights off or leave doors shut, um, kids, you know. Well, my bills went from that to about $30 a month. And it stayed that way for years. Hmm. And it began creeping up from a, to about 200 300 when I just when I sold it. But when I decided to sell it, it started going up. Well. That was years. And the other day, so the other day, now I live in a different house now. And my bills can be high electric bills. And I was like, Lord, and actually I have electric, I have gas and water. And so, yes, I serve Jesus. Yes, he's my bread. Yes, I still have to pay bills. But I get help. Yes, amen. So the other day I thought, Lord, you know that thing? (laughs) You know that thing you did for me? Do you know all three of those bills have gone down? And my electric bill, which can be really, really high, Six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month, nine hundred sometimes. It's gone down. It was down into a hundred and something. It's been under three hundred for months now, for a couple months now, about three months. Praise God, Kelly. That's a miracle. It is. It is a provisional miracle. Much easier to keep up with than a sudden thousand-dollar bill. And my water bill's gone down. And my gas bill went down. Great. They all have gone down. Why? Because I just took it to Him, I went to the pantry of the Kingdom of God and said, "Can we do? I need this better. Help me, Jesus." And He so wants us to do that. He so wants us to come to Him. So that's just a little side story there, that inspirational story. But He says, "Stop seeking." You know, I could have said, "Well, I'm going to go get another job." I'm gonna do this or sell something to pay my bill. That's seeking another source. Now he may tell you to do that, and if he tells you to do that, it will prosper, and you can do it. But go to him to get it met. Not just thinking, "How can I do this?" Because here's the thing about this, mom. Uh, and sometimes simple things like maybe a headache. You don't. You just think, "Oh, I'll just take a pain reliever." You know. I'm not saying it's wrong to take a pain reliever, but go to Jesus, pray, ask him for help. Because if you get in the habit of always trying to meet your own needs, then when you run into something that you can't fix, and there are things like that, you're not in the habit. You're not living with him as your source. You got to suddenly go find him. And locate him in the kingdom of God for help. And you can do that, but it's much easier just to abide in him. Yes. Amen? Amen. So he says, stop putting your eyes over here and seeking those things, but seek the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me his seal of approval. I really like the way the passion says that. <clears throat> he says, Um, Let me turn the page here. He says, "Let me make this clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you not? Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils? I, the Son of Man, am ready to give what matters most." For the Father, God the Father, has destined me for this purpose. So He's ready to give it, and He's been destined for that very purpose. That is His job. That is what He's here to do. You know, it's frustrating when you feel like, I'm here to do a job, but nobody's letting me do it. You know, if you feel that with your kids, I'm here to be your parent, but you're resisting me doing it. He's like, I'm here. I'm ready. And what do they say? So what should we do If we want to do God's work, let me just clue you in. You cannot do God's work. That just hit me. Hmm. You can't do God's work. You can do what he asks you to do. That's your your work for him, your your part. You can never do God's work. You can never do the good job at providing for yourself. You can never do the job of doing a miracle. That's his work. That's his part. So I'll just keep reading here in the Passion. He says, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he sent. So that's our part. And it started with him coming. He's been sent. He started this. But now, you know, like they say, the ball's in your court. You can't just bat that back to him and say, you know, do something for me. Uh, Give me just... uh, Give me a miracle. Give me bread. Your part is to come to him. You can't get all these things from afar off. He said, our part is come and believe. We have to come to the pantry. We have to come to the kingdom of God. We have to come to Jesus. And so what did they say? Show us a miracle and we'll see it. Then we'll believe. In other words, batting it back, you do something more And then I'll believe. It just doesn't work that way. No, it does not. So today, Mm -hmm. if we could, you know, just decide right here today that we're going to end this broadcast or in this teaching with, all right, Jesus, I'm going to set my sights on you, and I choose today to believe. I choose today to believe whatever I see is written in your Word. If you would do that, he said, that's all your part is. That's it. Choose today to believe. I'm a believer. She's a believer. Kelly, you're a believer too. Great, Kelly, and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and remember, Jesus is Lord.